Welcome to the Men and Hoodies podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world. Trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike shows such as First Take and Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, Brent Lyons, Roman Cleary, and Jake Stoop. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Men and Hoodies fans across the city of Memphis and beyond, welcome to the Men and Hoodies podcast. We are back, and we have not been able to do an episode about March Madness, but I don't know if we would have been able to because all of our takes likely would have been incorrect other than me and Romans, Gonzaga, and Texas picks. Everything Whoa. else has been complete chaos. It's been wild, but we're going to go in. What? what? <laughs> I have, I have Creighton winning, and they're still. Oh winning. wait, that that was that your real one though. Yes. Okay. Wait, wait, sorry. It's titled my prediction. Wait, wait, wait. Jake, first off, why are you taking credit for Gonzaga? Yeah, you don't. I've been no, no, Gonzaga I said Gonzaga. I said Roman Gonzaga, me Texas. That's what I said. And then you just threw me under like I didn't do anything. Well, I I'm forgot. The only person this. in the world that picked Creighton to win this thing. I don't even think their teammates picked them. I forgot that uh, you picked them for your real one. Well, of course I'm going to put a Penn State one in. Uh, well, well, congratulations to all the men and hoodies guys. We all have a Elite Eight contender in the, our championship, which is awesome. Um, I think we can really call ourselves experts after that because this, this entire bracket has just been insane. But, Roman, just give us a little recap, quick update on how you've been the past couple weeks. Uh, I've, been, I've been good. You know, I, I haven't had – uh, nearly as much uh, eventful things to talk about as you and Brent probably do with you guys going to Peru last week. But yeah, I've just been going through the motions. I had my spring break two weeks ago, and now I only got like five weeks left in my freshman year of college. And wow, yeah, still That's still crazy. doing still doing the radio show. We're on week number nine of that now. Yeah, just did a week number eight earlier today. Recording this on Friday night, by the way. Um, so. Yeah, thanks for going well. That's awesome. Brent. Um, yeah, I, we went to Peru. Um, I, I feel like we'll get into that a little bit later probably. So I'll just say we went to Peru, and that was awesome. The Lord moved. It was a great experience. Um, wouldn't have changed my spring break or anything, even if that meant uh, missing missing the first Penn State game, which is okay. Um, but, yeah, that was awesome. And then had to come back here and go to school this week, and that was not so awesome. Um, so, but yeah, it was a good spring break, um, a fun week at school besides doing the work. So if you take out the work, I had a great first week back. <laughs> yeah, same here. Went to Peru last week. That was fantastic. We'll get into that a little more at the end, but you know, like Brent said, we still went and even though March Madness was going on and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. It was great. Um, caught the Memphis game on the airplane back. So the Memphis game was actually perfect, <laughs> oh, Lord. perfect timing for, for when we were coming back. But I was obviously heartbroken. But, Roman, let's get into it. What has been the highlight of the tournament for you so far? Wait, first off, did they lose while you were on the plane? No. I was in the car leaving the we, airport. We, we did, however, get to watch FDU yes. win the game in the plane and we were we were asked to calm down by the flight attendant and she Wait, got for real? at us no uh, no no you're not you're making that up no, no i'm not, serious there, no listen because when there's 30 high schoolers on a plane and during march madness and about half of them are guys all of them have their own phone watching this 16 seat about to win and then there's like a couple other adults going back to memphis as well that are of course, watching March Madness, Memphis is about to play, so you're watching the game on before. It's a historic time. And so when when the when the plane starts going crazy and we're jumping up and down because they just hit a three and we're holding up our threes in the air and we're going like, woo-woo-woo, and like beating on the back of our seats, um, they, they don't like that. So <laughs> Because that can cause like actual issues with the flight. We yeah, had no, we could have knocked down drinks on the chairs behind us. We were going nuts. I, I don't know, but yeah, what 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 what'd you ask? Highlight of the tournament? <laughs> yeah, what was your highlight of the tournament? <laughs> well, the tournament's still going on, so probably don't have well, like official, to this point. That's a... <laughs> official highlight. Um, Sorry, we lost chemistry. We haven't done this in two weeks. <laughs> I think we're doing just fine. We're just flowing. <laughs> this is all natural, ladies and gentlemen. What's been the highlight all for you natural. so far? That's crazy. 
Uh, my biggest highlight is probably uh, the run that Gonzaga has made so far. They of were challenged course. by uh, Grand Canyon uh, in the first round of the tournament <laughs> and beat a good TCU team in the round of 32. And then Sweet 16 against UCLA, big-time comeback there. And they almost give it up at the end. I, I will say that. They were up by 10 with a minute to go. And then somehow, someway, the Bruins find a way to uh, retake the lead. Amari Bailey hits a big three with like 12 seconds left in the game. But then Julian Strother. Yep. This, man, this man's got ice in his veins, the ice. He just, with no hesitation, pulls up, logo three, and just bottoms it out. Gonzaga wins. Drew Timmy drops like 36 points and 13 boards in this game. So just incredible run from them. Uh, I picked them to win the title in the preseason, and I picked them to win it uh, in my bracket. I'm just super confident in this group. And, yeah, I, I'm, I really do think it's their year. Um, they got UConn tomorrow, and that's mm. going to be a challenge for them. Mm. I, I will say, uh, because UConn has guys that can actually challenge Timmy down there in the post, but I still just trust them, Gonzaga's veteran leadership and coaching to uh, guide them through that one. I will say, as much as it pains me to say as a Memphis guy, how about FAU, man? I mean, hats off to them. They're in the Elite Eight now, just absolutely dominated the Conference USA this year. And Everyone was thinking heading in, oh, yeah, they had a great year. Only lost three games, but who they play? They lost to teams like Middle Tennessee and Ole Miss. But they've proven all of us wrong. Um, got a really gutsy win over Memphis, obviously. Then beat Fairleigh Dickinson. And then beat a Tennessee team that just absolutely plastered Duke in the previous round. And now they got uh, a game against Kansas State, uh, a team that's also red hot. Uh, Marquise Noel, as you all know, dropped yep. He set the assist record for the NCAA tournament with 19. Um, that record was 18 since like 1987 or something like that. And then Marquis Noel, the newly crowned King of New York, apparently comes in and leads Kansas state to a thrilling win over Michigan state. So yeah, but other than the obvious ones like FDU winning over Purdue and Princeton making a run to the sweet 16, it's just been a very awesome and unpredictable tournament so far. Uh, of course, there are no number one seeds left and that means it's going to be the, First ever Elite That's Eight crazy. with zero one seeds. That's just pretty crazy, but I can't That's list awesome. everything. I, I, I got to let y'all have some, um, some <laughs> of the highlights to yourselves here. So I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to Brent. Um, you know, best – I'll say best game for me. Originally coming into it, I texted you guys, and I was like, if Creighton and Arizona meet in the Sweet 16, that would be probably the best potential matchup of the tournament. And obviously Arizona didn't get that far. Um, Creighton did, but I think what was even better, and I wasn't even thinking of it at the time, probably because I didn't have Michigan State coming this far. Um, Kansas State and Michigan State is the best game of the tournament for me. Last night, it they were just like for not even because it went to overtime. Like this is surprising to me. This is the first game in the tournament that's gone to overtime, which is crazy that there had been no other game to go to overtime yet in this tournament because I think they were talk uh, they were talking about on the first day how this like in like even four games in in last year's tournament there had already been two games go to overtime and there had been there had been none up until the sweet 16 and the last game of the night which is crazy but like just we saw noel uh keontae johnson is obviously amazing um as well as like i love hogard um from michigan state i think that like guards are what win you games in march and when you have some of the best guards in the country just going at it um, Johnson had 22 and Noel had 20 to go along with those 19 assists. And then Hogarth had 25 and six, like the, it was just a really great game. I'm a big guards guy. So when, when I see three of the best left in the tournament, three of the best in the country in general, uh, I mean, I guess you could call Johnson a forward, but he's, he's kind of a mix. I feel like just going at it. Um, it's, it's really fun to see. So that's definitely probably my best moment just because of how, how good that game was last night. Um, but I mean, also I'll, I'll shout out Creighton a little bit just because they were my pick coming into the tournament. Um, they've been playing insanely well, um, a little bit of an underseed and they probably had a little bit of an easier road than they anticipated, but you, you take what you get, um, as well as Miami who lots of people were counting out, but they have the guard play to, to hang with anybody in March, that pairing yep. of Wong and Nigel pack, who I talked about as being the best transfer guard, um, uh, on this podcast about which a year still ago isn't almost. true. Which, Which still, still is not true. true. Hey, 
Let me admit it myself. I'm getting mad. Which still is not true. And he disappeared off the face of the planet after I said that for the entire season. But if we're going based off March and based on who's taking his team farther, Nigel Pack has showed up for me in ways that I never thought he would to show you guys up a little bit, even though it's not true anyway. But he had 26 last night. Um, I mean, earlier tonight against the, yeah. uh, the Houston Cougars, taking out the disaster, one of the one of the better point guards in the country, and outplaying him um, at that. So a bunch of good guards left, a bunch of great guard playing, some great games, some teams shining. But those are just three of my little things. Mm-hmm. Look, if you give Memphis some of Miami's players, then I think Kendrick Davis should take the Tigers as far as they uh, could ever imagine in the tournament. But that's just me. Mm. Well, sadly, you can keep dreaming. <laughs> uh, Miami's yeah, those, still dancing. Those moral victories are what Memphis fans live on over here. So we're going to keep living off of those. But for me, the best game of the tournament definitely has to be the Purdue Fairleigh Dickinson game. I mean, just the entire time, you know, you're watching history unfold in front of your eyes. And it's only been done once before. So to watch that game, get like that was the first game we genuinely got to sit down and watch the entire game for pretty much um, on the plane. So that was that was fantastic getting to watch that game. Um, the fact that Zach Eady got in the second half, got out rebounded and didn't take a shot for like 10 consecutive minutes. That blows my mind. Like, I cannot believe that they let that happen. And just the coach and just the how fired up they were. It was so awesome just to see history unfold. And then obviously, I really think, and I'm not trying to be biased at all, one of the best games as far as like two teams that were completely even the entire time was that Memphis-Florida Atlantic game. The entire time, they are just trading blows, going on run after run after run, just swapping momentum. And that's one thing that I've noticed throughout this entire tournament is March Madness is completely just games of runs. Like one team is going to hit three back-to-back-to-back threes like Miami and Nigel Pack did today. And then Houston's going to come back and go on a 7-0 run. Like, it's just, it's just the the trend of the tournament is runs. And who it's pretty uh, Jake, much – Jake, there? Hello? Yeah, he's there. Um, who, Who's Jake, talking Jake's here? Jake, you still, still doing? Yeah. Jake? Uh, yeah, what I was saying is, like, it's just pretty much <laughs> a game of runs. And whoever can hit the most threes <laughs> – it's pretty much who's going to win the game is what I've noticed. Like Florida Atlantic, like you can argue that they're not that well-rounded of a team, but they play very physical and they hit three-point shots. That's pretty much about what they do. And they're in the Elite Eight because of it, and they've only lost three or four games all year because of that. Like Kansas State is a fantastic team, but I am not convinced that they can beat Florida Atlantic yet because that's exactly who Tennessee was. Tennessee arguably could have had a better offense than Kansas State, and Florida Atlantic, all they needed was a run in the second half to take the lead. What? Like, that's all they needed. So, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win this Elite Eight. It's going to be really hard predicting these games because I think every single game is up in the air at this point. Tennessee's offense is awful. What are you talking yeah. about? They don't even no, have it's a not. Card. No, it's not. Their offense is terrible. All they have is Sakai Ziegler, Ziegler when he's healthy and Santiago Vescovi shooting threes every millisecond. Like, that, that's all it is. They and he hits those threes. They couldn't score on anybody in the SEC. It, it was their defense that won the games. They were they were like top ten for like three fourths of the season. Uh, I'm just saying, I saw a lot of fifty point finishes for Tennessee throughout the year, especially in the second half of the year. They're very inconsistent, but they so, still have I mean, a great offense. Kansas State's offense wasn't that much either. I mean, a lot of their defense was the reason they won games. I will say that. The reason I like this the 16 upset way better than UMBC just because of how much closer it was. Like the UMBC game was kind of yeah. fun for a minute, but then you kind of had to sit there and watch it for the next 12 minutes. And it was just kind of like, all right, like you're doing Fortnite dances and the game's been over. Like, <laughs> like there's only a certain amount that I actually want to watch. This game, it was like close. Like Purdue took the lead with like, like less than two minutes left in the game. It was close. And so that's what made it so much fun. It's because they actually had to work for it in the end. Yeah. How, speaking of uh, FDU, you see that Tobin Anderson got the gig at Iona? Yep. yep. Pretty sweet. You Dude, also that have, coaching carousel has been crazy. Trust me. You also have Ed Cooley me, I, taking the job at uh, Georgetown, Rick Pitino to St. John's. Don't. Ole Miss gets Chris Beard and Micah Shrewsbury. Don't. Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot about it until you reminded me, so thanks, Brent. 
No, you okay. didn't, because before we even started, you told me. <laughs> well, I, for, I had forgotten about it in that moment, but then Brent was like, no, 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 and I'm like, oh, God. Brent, Brent, is- on that note, I think everybody's grown to like Penn State a little bit from this tournament. Just give us kind of your rundown of how the Penn State run was in March. I think for I speak, I can speak, I, I do have, I have the authority to speak for any Penn State fan, I feel like, at this Correct. point, as far as it comes to basketball. Maybe not football yet. But I do because I wasn't alive when all that stuff happened. So I think I do. Um, <laughs> but but I think I don't think that you will find a Penn State fan that is disappointed with how our March went, how our season went in general. Um, we found we found our guy in coaching um, by a long shot. That Michael Shrewsbury, I was hoping would be our coach for the years to come. Um, and once we started having success, I started to realize that that probably wasn't going to be the case. And then once we lost to Rutgers after being up 19, I was like, Hey, maybe we'll lock him up for three years. But then he was like, no, no, let's go on a seven, eight, eight and one run and get ourselves into March and secure me a job at Notre Dame where they actually care about basketball. Because, um, (laughs) no matter what Penn state offered him, he was out the door because they don't, they don't care enough about basketball. Um, but you you won't find a Penn State fan that's disappointed with how March went. Um, did would beating Texas have been nice? Uh, yeah, of course, because we're the only team that's given Texas any of a challenge this season. Um, in March, um, in the in March Madness, you like Colgate, they blew them out. Um, and then you saw tonight Xavier got blown out by them. It was a one sided game the entire time. Um, Penn State, they were in it in the final minute. Like it, it doesn't get better than that for us. Um. First time winning a tournament game since 2001. Had the best point guard in the country on our team. Um, he should, he should. Win. I don't know when when the awards come out for individual um, for individual positions come out, but he should be winning that. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but at this point, he probably won't. Um, but he had like Michael Shrewsbury. He'll be a top ten coach in college basketball if he isn't already. Um, he be in a year or two he'll be recognized as that and i see him as which nobody will agree with but i do just because the fact that he wasn't even technically our head coach he was but it's not it's not really your team until you have the players that you want when you're in college like when you're kind of having to work with because the year before he came it was no recruiting because we didn't get anybody because we had an interim head coach so we only lost people we lost our seven highest scores um and they all went to different teams um, which I think only one of them made the tournament this year. Then um, they're all also in college, um, and so he didn't have any recruits his first year. Went eleven and fourteen, and we were predicted to go like five and twenty something. Um, that was a good year. We won two games in the Big Ten tournament. Um, we beat Purdue and we beat Ohio State, two tournament teams last year. Um, and then this year, we were seeded not to make the tournament at all, but we were supposed to be better. Definitely not winning twenty games better, but he definitely he definitely showed something, um, and I think that just that him going to Notre Dame now, and getting like now he's going to get recruits like he's like Indiana and Purdue better watch out when it comes to recruiting now because that guy six of his nine coaching jobs have been in Indiana he was born in Indiana he's coached on the Boston Celtics he has NBA coaching experience he had people have seen what he can do. So if I'm Purdue and Indiana, I am looking out for, for Shrewsbury when it comes to recruiting and that. Um, but, yeah, I guess long story longer. No Penn State fan is disappointed with how March went. I think it was a great season. Um, I'm sad to see the coach go. I'm sad to see six of our best players leave again. Um, but I'm happy <laughs> that before I graduated and had to take a step back, I guess, from being a complete fanatic, that um, that I got to see my team go to the tournament one time before there you I go stepped away and they got a big win too we did get a big win everybody was voting against us they said oh i'd pick penn state if they weren't playing texas a&m and i'm like dude we are better than texas a&m i'm so sorry but like i don't know what you especially jake i don't know why you picked texas a&m over us dude like i had no we had no time to make a bracket like i i just picked oh don't don't even give me that but you're right you're right i picked texas a&m because they lost an sec championship so, so did Penn I, State. I in the Big Ten, yeah. I wanted to pick Penn State in that game so bad, but for some reason I didn't. 
and I immediately regretted it basically as soon as the game started because I <laughs> knew from the jump. Because yeah, Andrew Funk because <laughs> Andrew Funk went eight for ten from three. Yep. Is that what gave it away? Yeah, pretty much. Funky hey, monkey. fun fact, after the first night of the Sweet 16, so last night, one of the 16 SEC and Big Ten teams was still in, and that was Alabama, and they're out. There are no SEC or Big Ten teams left at all. Like, so I think, I mean, Mr. Lenardi, Mr. Palm, all you guys out there, those conferences are overrated. Uh, They're they, so overrated. Hey, all they do is project the bracket. They don't predict the games. They project the bracket. Jay, it's they're Jay, so it happens Jay, every year. No, stop. No, every year. No, no, no. You can't have it both ways, Jake. Stop. The Big Twelve and the Big East no. run March Madness. That's how it happens. Yeah, but you're not going to put St. John's in the tournament. <laughs> why? Gonna, why are we not putting the you're Big? You're not going to put Temple in the tournament. They're in the American. Why are we not putting the Big East up with the level of those guys? Jake, you were advocating you, you for did. To make the tournament. Like, uh, they did. Who? They did put them up on the same level. No, there were 16 combined Big Ten and SEC, and Big East had like six, five. They had six, and they're an 11-team conference. That's the know, same man. split. I don't when know, you have, When you have the DePaul Blue Devils – and the Georgetown Hoyas, who both combined win about 13 games, they're, now you're taking two off the list. So that only leaves you with three left. And somebody has to be a bottom feeder. Look, all, I'm, all I'm saying is this happens every year. And all I'm saying is that now that San Diego State is an Elite Eight, I'm not hearing you talk about how overrated the Mountain West is anymore. Dude, yeah, the Mountain you can't West, have it both ways. seven out of eight of the last two years, seven of them have lost in the first round. The only conference it's all about matchups and the Big East. San Diego State got a big win today, but before that, beat a twelve and a thirteen. Like I'm telling you, it's all about matchups. That's how it works. You want to talk, but you can't put in a seventeen and sixteen Seton Hall team. I'm just saying the big the Big Ten and the SEC when it comes to March time are overrated conferences. That's all I'm saying. Penn Penn State did their job. I don't want to hear it. Just right. saying, when it comes down to the second weekend, none of them seem to last, at least in the last four or five years, except for that Auburn team, both who lost in the semifinals. So, I don't know, man. And they were both decently high uh, seeds as well. So. I'm just saying, you're talking about how these little conferences are overrated and how the Mountain West doesn't deserve to have four teams, but then you're like, Oh, neither does all these big conferences. So where are all the where are all the votes going to go? Because I don't want to see the Detroit Mercy playing as an 11 seed in March Madness. That would have been lit, though. Low key. <laughs> yeah, because because Davis. Hey, I don't know, man. Four points. Florida Atlantic is in the Elite Eight. Okay. The Elite Eight. Just saying. I don't Florida know. Florida Atlantic's also. Why did Why did Memphis do their job then? Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic's also moving up to another league, though. Exactly. Like I'm saying. I hate the Mountain West. I'm always going to be biased against the Mountain West because I picked like three out of the four to win last year. So I hate their conference anyways. So I'm never going to like the Mountain West. But uh, these other conferences, especially, I'm just I'm just messed up with these two top conferences in the Big Ten every year. I'm tired of seeing nine or ten in the preseason bracketology. It just it's so annoying. I don't like it again because those teams have NCAA tournament resumes by the end of the season. They just do. Because they all play each other. It just uh, – it doesn't make any sense. I don't if know. If you play tournament teams and win, then you deserve to be a tournament team. If you play scrubs and win, you have to earn it. I just – I hate bracketology. This is so stupid. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. I hate seeing 10 Big Ten teams <laughs> almost in the tournament every okay, year. Okay, but, but I need you to answer the question. Who replaces yeah. them? Brent, I don't know. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. But I know they you suck don't. every year. Deanna is a 16 next year, baby. Literally, the Big Ten champion lost to a 16 seed. To like, like a 13 seed. And like Memphis the, lost to FAU. The national player of the year lost to a team with the shortest roster in NCAA. Like, that's the Big Ten for you. This doesn't make any sense. You complain about it, but yet this is your best game of the tournament as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. <laughs> but, man. It's just annoying. I don't know. I don't know. 
But I might be a little biased because I want to see more American teams in there. But who knows? Why? Why do you want to? Why, why do you, you want to see, see more American, American teams in there? Because it's a good league. You want to see a manslaughter? It's a. It's a. Challenge. <laughs> it would not be a manslaughter. <laughs> yes, it would. You put Cincinnati in the tournament, and they're losing by forty. Oh, okay, that's cap. Cincinnati has a really good offense and really good guards. They're Cincinnati not. Cincinnati lost 40. in the NIT, bro. They're not losing by forty. That they was lost cap. In the NIT. I was responding to Brent saying they'd lose by 40. That's what I was I responding to. I still think so. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, speaking of uh, uh, now that we're, you know, talking about our favorite teams here, obviously Jake and I are going to have to go to Memphis FAU. We're really talking about just whatever, are we? <laughs> yes. yes. This is amazing. We have a lot to catch up on. But, yeah, Memphis, Florida Atlantic. Um, obviously, it's a much more disappointing uh, into Memphis's run than it was for Penn State. Memphis had a Golden opportunity here <laughs> after FDU lost to no, beat Purdue rather. Um, that basically gave Memphis a Sweet 16 on, on a silver platter. All they had to do was beat a Florida <laughs> team that is good, hey. admittedly. Um, but again, Conference USA team, Memphis should Roman, beat them. Can I say it might be your fault. Did you cry? Yes, did, he did. Um, I, don't, I cried inside. No, you did no because uh. because this is this is what the, the, I when I get a I get a DM from our guy Jordan Bats um on the night when we're sitting in the airport waiting for the game like it's before we took off uh he you're talking about how FDU won and Jordan DMs me and he sends me the video and it's just like the three crying emojis and he's like bro Roman going crazy and then I I watched the video because I haven't seen it yet and he's like he's like well. FDU wins. Please, Memphis, don't screw this up or I'm going to cry. I'm literally going to cry. And then he's like, I'll see y'all later. And that's the video. And then I'm watching this after <laughs> FDU won and Memphis lost. And <sighs> and I see your reaction video to Memphis losing, and it looks like you've just shed tears. <laughs> like, full tears. <laughs> but I, I am trying to be as cordial about this as possible <laughs> ruin it oh gosh okay so yeah big missed opportunity um memphis just played like absolute garbage in the first half they played like crap through the whole game honestly but especially it was bad in the first half they fell in the 25 to 15 hole but luckily they were pretty good defensively they shut down feu from the three ball which allowed them, allowed them to get back into the game they actually had a lead heading into the half and Memphis, they just had chance after chance to end this game. I mean, but unfortunately, Kendrick underperformed, DeAndre underperformed, and when that happens, you're now relying on, uh, let's no offense, but just average guys like Elijah McCadden to get scoring. Oh. And uh, <laughs> it, it just wasn't happening. Uh, Malcolm Dandridge and Chandler Lawson just didn't bother to even compete on the offensive so. boards. Florida Atlantic had 18 offensive rebounds despite starting just one player that's over six foot four this is this is very hard to talk about obviously and i haven't even gotten to the end i haven't even gotten to the stupid technical foul that mccadden committed for only god knows why like oh i'm all tough i'm a fight i'm gonna push him like bro what are you doing are you not a fifth year senior are you not a fifth-year senior? Blocked. That doesn't matter. You can't what do you, that stupid. He played tournament. for Georgia Southern for four years. He doesn't know what tournament experience is like. He has no oh, idea. But, oh, but, but we don't still... want to put the Big Ten teams in. We want to put teams like Georgia <laughs> Southern in the tournament, but now they don't have tournament experience. <laughs> and, and, and then, of course, just terrible execution at the end of the game after Ken, Kendrick gets hurt, and then he and Dandridge are going at it on the bench because Dandridge messed up on the play where KD got hurt. And then KD comes back in on the bad ankle and turns the ball over, which of course leads to the whole jump off fiasco. And yes, Memphis should have gotten the timeout there. I fully admit that. But the truth is that the Tigers should have had that game wrapped yep. up well before that. They were the better team for most of that game, even if they, were, they weren't playing that well, because Florida Atlantic was frankly playing much worse. So, yeah, I mean, I thought Penny did as good of a job as he could in this game. I think this loss falls solely on the players. Uh, this was a Memphis team that was built around, you know, not making mistakes and 
executing and not letting the moment get too big for them and staying together. They didn't do any of that in this game. The moment got way too big for them, honestly. That was pretty obvious from the beginning. They made a bunch of mistakes down the stretch, and they just lost their chemistry and connectivity towards the end. So, yeah, I mean, if you win this game, you get a 16 seed to um, go to the Sweet 16, and then you get uh, a pretty weak Tennessee team, in my opinion, to <laughs> in the Sweet 16, probably win that. And now we're talking about a potential matchup with Kansas State in the Elite Eight. Well, we're not talking about it, though, because yep. – but Brent, let us have our moral victories. Same with look, you. We didn't. But, I didn't but, take hey, moral victories. But no, I am just. It playing. was a good season, even though we didn't win. It was a good season. That's I'm not, a moral I'm victory. Not, hey, no, but I'm, I'm not just, out here talking about how. Oh well, if we would have just won this game, we would have had a 16 seed on a silver platter on the way to the league. Because, because Brent, unlike Penn State, Memphis is a t- is a program that actually has pride in the history, <laughs> really? and they're really? actually supposed to go far in the tournament. They're supposed really? to do that. Penn State. You're, su- a- you're supposed. You're supposed to. Yet every year, I hear the same thing coming through my head. And when Penn State comes along one year and has a good season, we enjoy that. And it's not a lack of pride. It's a, it's a lack of dedication. I feel like because you guys can't really seem to figure it out. How many Final Fours has Penn State been to? How many National Championships has Penn State been to? How many? They- how many Final how many Fours? Leaders? How many Final Four banners has Memphis had to take down? That, does that matter? Honestly, does that really matter? No, it doesn't. Okay. Um. But, yeah, finishing up my whole spiel, um, this is a team that's going to be remembered, yes, for its great success. successes. I mean, they've won 26 games. Uh, they won their first conference title in 10 years. They beat the number one team in the country for the first time in program history to do so. I mean, just there's a lot of positive takeaway. Kendrick Davis had such a fantastic season. But, ultimately, this team will also be remembered for, you know, the missed opportunity that they had in this NCAA tournament. But got to move on. It is what it is. Um, I think next year's team should be pretty good, honestly. Uh, I mean, with hard talking about next year, with Penny Hardaway no longer having the NCAA cloud hanging over his head. Yes, he be able to get some really good things done in recruiting, both you know, with the high school guys and the transfer portal. So realistically, this could be Memphis's best team yet next year. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, Penny Hardaway's best team at Memphis is what I should say there and just a little silver lining in this sure penny hardaway did fail to get memphis past the round of 32 in his first five years at memphis but guess who else failed to do that john calipari that's valid john John calipari also failed to do that but look what happened after that and i'm not saying that penny's going to do that necessarily i mean like chances of him going to three straight elite eights and then another sweet 16 isn't very high. But I'm just saying that Penny is certainly trending in the right direction. Yep. When you look at Memphis coaches who have been quite successful in the past, this was by far his best coaching year. So yes, this was a very successful season for Memphis and one they should certainly be proud of. For sure. But I think it's also fair to say that uh, it was a missed opportunity. Yep. Over a hundred wins in five years. It's pretty solid. Um, yeah. Brent, uh, that comment about the banners hurt my soul. So just kind of lay off the, the trash talk because that one hurt uh, really bad. Yeah. Did that did that hurt your soul? So did the that, one where Roman said that we don't have pride. I don't struck. care. I that don't care if the banners me. get take got taken down. It doesn't matter. It still happened. It the, doesn't. That just that and the team really still good. won those games fair and square. Yeah. That was just uh, a really well, good comeback. If you, have, if, hurt. if you have to take a test and you know you don't take that test. There no, are consequences all I'm just saying is that actions. when the two team, when Memphis actually had its players on the court, there was no cheating involved when it comes to that. Yeah, but should those players have been on the court in the first place, or should they have been in a classroom taking a test? It, it wasn't okay. This is my two cents about it. It was not Rose's fault. Calipari literally baited him into it. It was a Calipari seasoned coach taking advantage. Of an eighteen-year-old superstar. That's my opinion. And also, and we can Jake, move why on. do you say that my Calipari point is invalid? No, it is valid. That's what I said. It was valid. Oh, I thought you said invalid. No, no, no. You know that's valid. Yeah, like Calipari won the NIT his fifth year, and then after that went on no, the Cal- huge run. No, no, Calipari won the NIT in his second season, and oh, then we won the NIT in a row, and then actually lost in the NIT semifinals in his fifth year. Oh, we won the okay. NIT. Cool. We've won that. <laughs> so we, so we, have we. Big big flipping deal. 
We run it more recently than you did. Hey, guess who won more tournament games than you this year? Uh, okay, that, well, uh... I'm going beyond this year. I'm mature enough to just go beyond this year and really look I, oh. at it positive. I could be flaming this team so hard right now, if that's maturity, but I'm not. I'm not mature. Okay, I'll, I'll flame this team for a second. And I know Roman may disagree, but I don't understand why you don't have a 6'10", 45-inch vertical in the paint for that last play. Because like, he's De- weak. DeAndre Williams, DeAndre Williams got boxed out. That was stupid. He didn't even try. Chandler Lawson was a fingertip away from blocking that ball. If that's KO, that ball is getting sent back to half court. That's my point, and the game's over. Look, but – it wouldn't even have happened if McCadden didn't fall for that silly ball. But that, that's what I, okay, that's not what I'm talking about. We can we can go over what if, blah, 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 if the timeout had been called, if Kendra Davis wasn't throwing the turnover, gotten hurt, whatever. But on that last play alone, we had the chance to win the game. That layup and we didn't have fault. And that we didn't McCadden's have fault. in the right personnel. That's my point. That layup was McCadden's fault. It was he because he, he jumped on the, the corner. He should never have thought that he was going to pull a three. Like, that's, that's dumb defense in the first place. But I'm saying – it could have completely been avoided. We would not have be talking about the timeout. We would not be talking about Alex Lomax not shooting that half-court shot. We wouldn't be talking about any of that if KO was in the game. That's my point. Well, because, Jake, just being honest, KO DiRicci is not a high-major D1 player. He's just not. He, but is, he's tough enough. He's physical enough. Despite the fact that he's 6'11", he only averages 2.6 rebounds a game. And now he thinks he's an NBA prospect. He like, av- dude, no, you're not. The thing is, you're not a not. good You're right. Player. That's stupid. He, yeah, he's especially when he's like 24 years old. But the point is, he averages 10 minutes a game and still averages the most blocks on the team. He still is the most capable of any block shot. What? Well, just watch his highlight tape. You know that better than anybody, Roman. Yeah, like he's got team. to have KO in the game at the end. That was coaching, in my opinion. Are Are you serious? You think it's a good idea to put in the guy who hasn't played for the entire game? And be like, oh, you haven't played the whole game. Now make the game winning play for us. Yes. Like, that's not a that's a terrible idea. He's three inches taller and can jump six inches taller. Yeah, at but least. he also has that's like, that's at least uh, a in, foot. In, imaginable nerves in that in that moment, probably. You Even know? with nerves, he still jumps half a foot higher than Chandler Lawson. That's my point. And what 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 if Chandler was late on that rotation and he's a veteran? What makes you think that KO wouldn't have been late? If they were the same amount of late, it still would have gotten blocked. That that's my point. I don't, I don't think that's true. Well, either way, even if he hadn't blocked it, I think that physical presence would have maybe they and, would have maybe boxed out KO and DeAndre instead would have gotten that block shot. Like DeAndre's blocking Chandler, it over Chandler too. Again, Chandler, the only reason he was even late was because he what he was assigned to another player. And McCadden was the one that blew the assignment. Yeah. So, I don't know. Again, well, that was that shot was not what lost Memphis the game. It was Memphis's lack of execution throughout the second half and correct. first half, really. Correct. But we got down ten early, Nick and then just part away mm-hmm. for not playing uh, a terrible player in the final moments of the game. I just don't think that's fair. I don't know, man. I I think that obviously the first half was rough. If you watch the game. Memphis is not running their offense at all. And, like, we had horns for about half the first half, and it didn't work. It just didn't make any sense to me. Our offense, it wouldn't it wouldn't execute. We weren't listening to coaching. Your coaching was off. I don't know what it was. But we came back. We made a run. As I said earlier, March is a game of runs. And, man, things happened. It could have gone either way the whole time. I'm not going to blame it on the refs. I just think, like Roman – Memphis didn't execute when they needed to. We had the seasoned veterans. We had the oldest guy in college basketball. We had arguably the best guard in college basketball, depending on who you talk to, and we just couldn't get it done. And it sucks, but it look, is reassuring to see that they beat Tennessee and they're in the Elite Eight. I will say that. Look, here, here's my take on the whole thing, and this is obviously not an excuse, but I think things were set up badly for Memphis from the moment FDU beat Purdue, honestly, because that immediately put all the pressure on Memphis. It did because Memphis was all of a sudden the team that had to win. It's true. Because is there any pressure on FAU in that moment? Florida Not Atlantic really. came from the Conference USA and had done pretty much everything they could have realistically hoped for already. They had nothing to lose. Memphis was the team that had just beaten Houston. They were the team that, you know, was supposed to win in big moments like this, you know. They're the story program here. They're the team that is supposed to get these types of things done. 
Mm-hmm. They were the team that had everything to lose while FAU had everything to gain. I yeah. honestly believe that if Purdue wins, Memphis comes out a bit looser, and perhaps this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But that that's just me. Again, it's not an excuse. Things go the yeah. way they go for a reason. In case those of you don't know, DeAndre actually lost his brother a couple of days later. Yeah, heard about that. On Sunday, so perhaps uh, it was God's plan for him to not be playing basketball on that day so he could instead be with his family and mourn during that time. Thoughts and prayers go out to him, obviously. Wow. And hats off to him once again for a fantastic college career at Memphis. Good word. Good word. One one more thing to add, and then we can be done with the Memphis conversation for now. But um, I think really – I don't know if this has happened in the past before, but I don't remember the last time an 8-9 matchup featured two conference champions. I mean, th- I don't know if the last time we've seen that. So that was kind yeah. of a little bit weird at first. Like, I know I know it's FAU, so I'm already, I counted them out, obviously, because they're from the Conference USA. But, I mean, a three-loss three team as a nine-seed against the eight-seed conference champion who had just beaten the number one team in Ken Palm and um, whatever the other one is in the net, like, I don't know. That was just weird at first. Well, um, both teams were underseeded, in my opinion, uh, as well. I think that's pretty – FEU probably should have been like a six seed, you know, for being a 32-3 and three team. And Memphis probably should have been a seven seed, you know, jumping up from that eight line after beating Houston. So that's another aspect of that as well. But, yeah, it was quite wild. You got two conference champions matching up in the eight, nine. And, honestly, this was a matchup that may or may not have been designed to – just knock out one of these group of five teams right away because the right thing to do, honestly, would have been the matchup Memphis and FAU against like teams like Arkansas and Illinois. Like maybe you get Memphis, Arkansas in one bracket and then mm. FAU, Illinois in another. That would have been really cool. But yeah, it's too late to w- dwell on that now. Yep. Brackets went the way they went for a reason. It is what it is. Memphis lost, FAU won, and they're now in the Elite Eight with a chance mm-hmm. to go to the Final Four tomorrow. So let's move into more of a fun conversation. Brent, who was your worst take as far as your bracket goes? I think this should be a fun conversation. Who do you look back on and you're like, why did I pick them? Oh, I I don't have any regrets on why I picked them, or or I'll say two. I don't have any regrets on why <laughs> these two teams were picked. Penn State's not one of them. I think that one's pretty obvious. It looked, they, were, they looked very good. Um, but – I, I don't have any regrets in why I picked them because both of them played the teams they played very well. It just simply didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. And if one game goes wrong, then how are they supposed to make a run? Because they're out now. Yeah. Um, first team, Kennesaw State, had that game won. Yes. Um, I had them in the Sweet 16. They had that game won. Um, they just they just got tired at the end and didn't have the legs to run with Xavier um, towards the very end, which like it looked for a long time. Like I made one of the better picks in the entire thing, and it was and it was a very good pick. I don't have any regrets about that. It's just when you get to the end of the game and there's all the momentum on their side, and they have played better teams than you all the year. They know what it's like to need to go on a run. It's kind of hard to have those legs. Um, the other team I had was VCU. Um, I don't regret that. How far uh, again? Elite eight. Which, when you think about it there's still that VCU type team in there in the sense of like an FAU or someone like that. So it's not like, it's not like there wasn't a team like that represented. I, and VCU did not play bad. They, they were, they hung around the game the entire time. They just never put the foot down um, and took control and their best guys didn't have their best day. I mean, that's what they're going to come down to. Um, But but I don't regret either of those picks. Both of them were very good um, in their conference. I think Kennesaw won about like seventeen or eighteen straight, um, and won the and won the A Sun to get in for their first tournament ever. So I'm like, these guys are hungry. Um, they haven't lost in a long time, so I'm gonna take them. And then VCU, just looking around, not need a pick to kind of set me apart, but also a good team that I think can get a lot of wins. And if they get that first win, I think the sky's the limit for them until I thought they'd eventually meet UCLA. Um, but I, I don't regret either of those picks, man. I think that both of them um, get out of the first round. They're sitting really pretty, but obviously neither of them did. Um, but still, no no regrets there, but still, those are probably my two worst ones. Roman? Um, 
well, the singular pick that I probably regret the most is um, Charleston over San Diego State. <laughs> I had a feeling about Charleston. Really did. I actually had him going to the Sweet 16 in my bracket again before getting plastered by Alabama. But didn't go that way, obviously. Um, not going to really knock myself for picking Arizona to beat Princeton necessarily, but I had Arizona matching up with Gonzaga in the national championship. I thought we were going to see Mark View, Mark View versus Tommy Lloyd in that big game. But unfortunately, that didn't happen either. Uh, I only have one Final Four team remaining from my original mm-hmm. bracket, which is, of course, Gonzaga, <laughs> which is, is actually a rarity. I, I got like three out of four of the Final Four one year. So I'm usually better with that, but I guess um, it wasn't this year. Pretty bad year for me in terms of picking the bracket. But, yeah, yeah. I don't have a, like a ton of like singular picks I regret. I mean, I should have picked Penn State to beat A&M. I wanted to deep down, but for some reason I didn't. Um, but yeah, the the my bracket is shaped out to be a bit better than what it was what it looked like early on in the round of sixty four. Um, just looking through my individual picks here, can I name any others that I like really regret? I don't think so. I picked VCU to beat St. Mary's. Probably shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, awesome. I mean, I don't know. Bad pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I had a couple hot takes that I regret. Um. And again, I guess I'll blame it on the lack of having a lot of time, but uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't have changed it anyways. Um, I also had Kennesaw State in the Sweet 16. Me and Brent were both watching that in the airport, and we were very disappointed because Kennesaw State had like a 10-point lead the entire second half and then, to of be course, fair, blew it. Um, to be fair, no. One of us believed. The other one of us, we're not naming names on who didn't believe. One of us was a Debbie Downer for the last 15 minutes and didn't show their support to their team. Yeah, that's it's definitely why the game didn't go the way it should have, for sure. So exactly. That, I'll, I'll claim that one. I didn't believe enough. We weren't going to um, say names. It could have been me. Sorry, sorry. And then uh, Iona I also had in the Sweet 16. I've, I've never really been high on UConn. I don't really know why. Um, so I kind of picked them for that. Iona was winning for the first half. UConn took the lead barely at the end of the first half and then just ran away with it. So I was kind of happy about that one for a minute. And then obviously now UConn's in Elite Eight. So that one makes me look really dumb. Um, And then I'm looking through another one, one that I'm not mad about. I had Kentucky in my Final Four, and they ran into a hot State team. Um, So I'm not mad about that. But I think the worst one I had, um, my surprise in the East region was going to be Oral Roberts. I've been high on them a lot of the year. Are you you picked Oral Roberts? Uh, I had them in the, the I had them in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh. Um, yeah, it was dumb because I like I like Max A. Smith a lot. Like he was really good a couple years ago when they beat Ohio State, and That's then they got exactly Connor the Vanover. Issue. They got Connor Vanover from Arkansas. He's like a seven three monster. So I was like, you know what? They'll probably throw lobs and get a lot of air time. And um, Dude. yeah, they didn't score for the first ten minutes of the game, so that was rough. That's the thing. That's yeah. the thing, you, because you know going into that game, like Duke was probably the underdog when it came to who picked them to win that game, just because everyone's like, oh, Oral Roberts? They're back in the tournament? Yeah. Why not I just pick them to win well, that, some games? That happened with Loyola two years ago, though, when they beat Illinois and made it to the Sweet 16. So I was like, you know, it may happen. Did they... So well, last year team, they got bumped by Ohio State. But anyways. They brought the entire team back. That Loyola team was – the entire team came back. No, not not that year, not that year. But the final four year, they had all the seniors, and then they brought back Ludwig, or not only only what his name was, Ludwig, uh, maybe the big, the big guy. Yeah, and then they made it to the Sweet Sixteen, and then and then they lost to Ohio State last year. And then they went like five and twenty six this year. Yeah, it was bad. But yeah, looking back on that Oral Roberts, really upset about that one. Um, and then obviously the other little ones like Virginia and Arizona. Both those teams I was really high on, and then they just suck. So that sucks. But, hey, my champion is still in, and I'm similar with Roman. Three out of my final four teams are out. But my champion is alive, so my max is still a lot higher than other people in my group. So, wait, so I'll who, take I'll who's take your, that. Who's huh? your Texas. Who's your I got Texas winning it all. Uh, I, I'm just I'm happy sure. because – I originally had Arizona winning my entire bracket until about two hours beforehand, and I'm like, what am I doing? And so I switched into losing the Sweet 16 instead. So I'm really happy about that one. 
I mean, they looked so good in the Pac-12 tournament, and then just man, they sold. Think about think about the sentence that you just said. They looked what? so good in the Pac-12 tournament. They did, and UCLA's I mean, good. Like, I, don't I know. mean, they lost to Princeton. So. They beat UCLA. Yeah, I, I don't know. The this, Pac-12. This I don't, the Pac-12 tournament doesn't get you too ready for, with, with the exception <laughs> of Oregon State. The Pac-12 tournament doesn't really get you tournament ready. No. Well, that's... you come out there playing well, does, California. Like the WCC tournament, but oh <laughs> uh, no, WCC will get you ready. Dude, that's that's what we need. We need eight WCC teams in the tournament. That's what we're missing. <laughs> Man, I want to see lit. San Fran every year. Every year. No, <laughs> please, no. I picked them to win last San, year. San Fran was good last year. That's Bill Russell's alma mater, by the way. Oh, okay, yeah. They, run, so they, they, they won a bunch of national championships when he was there. <laughs> I think they won like uh, two. That's what we need. Dude, we need Gonzaga to come to the American. That would be hype. We got. We'd hey, be like, you, that'd be the most. How do you hype feel? World. How do you feel that you're talking about how none of the how the Big Ten shouldn't have all these teams in, but yeah. then next, like in two years, UCLA is going to be a part of the Big Ten, and, <laughs> and you're going to have no, and you're going to have no choice, and and, and USC. That's two mm. tournament teams right there. You're going to have no choice but to accept the fact that there's going to be ten mm. in there. Dude, I just want to see Pepperdine in every year. Let's make it happen. Let's do that over some Nebraska team or whatever. Look, I'm just saying, if Princeton can go all the way to the Sweet 16 while prioritizing their calculus homework, how far can they go if they actually lose <laughs> on basketball? Are we even doing a podcast? Yes. I don't know. Let's let's go over a week. I mean, two week, three week recaps, Roman. Just give us a rundown and more specifics. Oh, we're going second. We're, we're, we're not picking our elite. We're not picking the elite eight or anything. Did we? Is it worth it? Yes. Should we? Okay, yes. Well, let's just run through it real quick. Roman, give me your final four predictions coming out of this. All right. Um, real quick, I guess, uh, Kansas State over Florida Atlantic. like Florida Atlantic, but I think Kansas State's just a bit too hot right now. Uh, Gonzaga rules everything. Drew Timmy going to go off. <laughs> so, got them over UConn. Uh, I'm done down in Texas. I've done it all year, but I'm not going to anymore. Haven't been to Miami, and yeah. I have Creighton over San Diego State. So, yes, final four matchups are Kansas State versus Creighton, and Texas versus Gonzaga. Should I pick the final four? Or we're done there. No, just leave it there. Okay, we got we got some next week, Brent. Well, I like Roman how you how you threw in all of our final how of our champions there. I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Kansas State put them in Final Four over FAU. Great season for them. Sorry, Roman. UConn over Gonzaga. Um, I like UConn a lot. I had them going far um, in one of my brackets just because I thought that they'd get hot. They were my Big East champion um, preseason. Um, and then after that, what is it's Creighton and um, SDSU. Obviously, I'm going to take Creighton there. And I'm going to go with the sleeper and take Miami over Texas. Um, so yeah, give me Miami, Creighton, Kansas State, and Connecticut. Interesting. Well, I think I'm gonna have to go the upset. I'm gonna take UConn over Gonzaga as well. Um, y'all are haters. No, we're not. Their offense is just so led by Timmy. I I think UConn's been hot. Timmy scores every time he has the ball. I'm aware. Um, Timmy's also 40 years old. I can't say no to my champion. Give me Texas and UConn in the Final Four for that region. Um, this Kansas State team reminds me of that Texas Tech team a couple years ago. They've got a lot of star players. I'm just going to go Kansas State in the Final Four over FAU. Um, FAU has a good offense. They make threes when they need to. But Kansas State has scored a lot more points than Florida Atlantic. I think they'll just match them every time. It'll be a game of runs, obviously, but Kansas State runs will be bigger. I expect them to win by 10-plus. Um, and then give me – Oh, that's so tough. Oh, <laughs> who'd y'all pick? Wait, did y'all both pick Creighton? Yeah, I did. Oh, dude, that's a tough game. That is a tough game. Um, dude, I don't know. San Diego State just beat the number one overall seed. Creighton. Creighton's got the big tall man down low, the shooter, good point guard. I I can't do it. Give me Creighton. I hate the Mountain West so bad. 
So I'll do Creighton and Kansas State and then Texas and UConn. That'll be my final four. Look, I'll say this about Creighton. They may have, like, had a disappointing regular season, but everyone predicted them to be, t- to be the, you know, the best team of the Big East in the in the preseason. And I think it's fair to say they eventually developed into that. So, I mean, well, you're right. They, they, they have UConn, who's still – who's still right there. I'd say Creighton's better than UConn at this point. We'll see if they meet. See, two Big 12 teams, two Big East. That's all I'm saying. And the WCC. Yeah, and the CUSA. And the Mountain West. Yeah. <laughs> Love it this year. Any other thoughts before we get into the week recaps? You're going second. This is the best tournament in sports. I don't think there's any other thing to really Can't ta- wait for them to extend it to 96 teams. And ruin it. <laughs> Dude, that would make it so fun. No, it but would it not. It because a bunch of trash teams would be in in the first round. Wouldn't even, wouldn't I don't want. I don't want to watch North Texas Greenbrier Community College play in the in Come the on. March Madness. Really? That'd be so cool. This is the no, round of one hundred and twenty-eight in the NCAA could... tournament. <laughs> Welcome back to the first weekend of February, the start of March Madness. <laughs> Dude, it'd it have to be April Madness, man. They'd have to extend it. The first sixteen, you have to play. You have to play around a sixty-four tournament just to get your way into the tournament. <laughs> the first sixty-four, <laughs> and we're gonna play it. You're gonna play every day of March until you lose. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. This is our every, best podcast ever. It every really team, is. Our best every team in the NCAA <laughs> Division One makes it. Welcome to our 353-team March Madness. Dude, yes. No. Yes. Have no. the national championship and the NBA finals on the same day. No. Yes, like go all the way into June. <laughs> <laughs> you would literally have the 353rd team in the country playing the number one overall seed in the first round. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be no – that would be disgusting. Oh, those little, those little middle schoolers would be bruised <laughs> for life. Hey, hey, you're always standing up for the little guys. I don't want to hear it. I I do stand up for the little guys, and I'm standing up for them by saying you don't want that. They're not middle schoolers. <laughs> Presbyterian, <Dude>. Presbyterian. <laughs> okay, let's good. move on. Roman, how was your three weeks? <laughs> Well, uh, this has probably been the highlight of my week. <laughs> um, two weeks ago was spring break, and then last week was my first week back at school, as I uh, indicated at the beginning of the podcast and before we started recording. Things have been going relatively normal for me. Uh, I did have a little bit of a family issue going on a few weeks ago that I talked about over on my radio show as well. Uh, and. I, I think that's been resolved uh, for now, at least, and things are looking better with that. So, yeah, things are things are going well. Uh, Ted Lasso season three, it's kicked <laughs> off, baby. Let's go. We're two episodes no, in. Got ten more to no go. No pun intended. Hopefully, it's not the last season, but all indications are that it is. Um, Apple oh TV's no! Got, what what are you gonna do? Apple, Apple TV's Lasso. got all sorts of stuff, so I think I'll manage shrinking. <laughs> included its first season. That's, an awesome, that's another awesome show. <laughs> Apple TV. What I appreciated about it is that it doesn't put out like a ton of content, but the content it puts out is always quality. And Dude, you, you should watch Vampire Diaries. It's so no. good. I, it's why? so good. That sounds Jake. like the last thing I'd watch. It's ever. so good. As, like, as somebody, as I'd somebody rather, who watched eight seasons of it, Jake probably, I would probably watch a Hallmark Christmas movie before that. Oh, no. No. Jake, it's, you are – No. It. I watched it during COVID. It's not bad. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Jake, the fact that you watched it during COVID tells me all I need to know. That was before I knew you. So that Jake yeah. was so Jake was so alone that he just felt like watching Vampire Diaries Dude, to it, fill that void. It wasn't a bad show. Like I watched it before I got on two K. It was a really good routine. No, it was not. Because <laughs> it was Vampire Diaries like, and then grinding on 2K. Yeah, no, while no, eating sunflower seeds. It was amazing. We, went, we we went on it. It was like 9.15 to 2 a.m. in the morning every day. <laughs> but beforehand, we'd be like, Jake, we need to get on early so that we can run our program. We got a tournament. And Jake and Jake will be like, no, I got to finish this episode of Vampire Diaries. And so we'd miss a program tournament. <laughs> no, it was, it was TVD. TVD, The Vampire Diaries. It wasn't Vampire Diaries. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's yeah, do TVD real quick. We had we had, we had a pro we had a professional pro am team. We did, and we were goaded. Yep. Well, for me, the last two three weeks have been awesome. Um, obviously, the Peru trip was the highlight. So we got down there. The living conditions were not ideal for what I'm used to, but that was the only thing that I would ever say that was the bad part about the trip. Um, other than the occasional injuries and sicknesses and stuff like that, it was pretty relatively smooth. Um, it was awesome. I got to partner with my team that had about nine people on it from our group, and it was some sports ministry. Um, it was also sharing the gospel, evangelism on the streets, and VBS, Vacation Bible School for the Kids. So it was a really good mix of things that I'm good at, but also things that I need a lot of work on. So for sports, I'm super comfortable um, talking to people randomly on the street. Um, I, I may seem confident when I talk to you, but inside I really am a, an introvert. Um, even if that's hard to believe, I am a true introvert at heart. So when it comes to walking up to people on the middle of the road, that was hard. But I realized that after one day, it was something that I could do. And just approaching those moments with as little fear as possible. And once that fear did creep in, I was able to push through that. Um, so being able to live on mission for the Lord um, and have that as my main priority is something that I've definitely tried to bring back. And I've been able to see some fruit from that as well. So that Peru trip was definitely a really good motivating factor for me and um, able to lead some people to God as well there. Um, so it was really just very motivating and convicting to show me that, you know, I may think that I'm being a light and being the best influence for God that I can be in Memphis, but there's so much more that I can be doing. So it was very influential for me in my life. Um, if you want to talk about it, just text me, call me, sit me down, and I'll tell you all about it um, when we have more time and it's not 12.53 in the morning. Um, but overall, it was a great trip, um, other than the occasional injuries that happened to other people in the group. So we can – I'm assuming Brent will talk about that a little bit. That's why I wanted you to go second, so I could just say, yeah, I agree with everything Jake said. Um, <laughs> and, I, yeah, it, it was great. But I had a feeling that I was going to be – poked into talking about my injury and you did yeah, that you perfectly. Go. Yeah, I busted my I busted my chin open and got eight stitches. Big whoop. Um that that was not the highlight of the trip, but it, it did make the trip a little more interesting for me, that's for sure. Um let's just say pals and push ups is never something that Brent will be involved in ever <laughs> again. Um uh what that entails is what what that entails is um a bodybuilder sitting on top of you or falling on top of you while you are trying to do a push-up um, and with nothing to brace your fall, um, <laughs> it led to blood, puddles of blood everywhere um, and a hospital visit and um, them giving me ear infection medicine for my chin and stitches where you could kind of feel them being put in. Um, and yeah, it was, it was great. I got the stitches <laughs> taken out last night and now I have a permanent scar. So, Dude, that's cool. Is it is yes. it cool? Scars is are it, cool. Is yes. it cool that every time you you feel your face, you can feel the pain? Yeah, it's like a tattoo. It's great. No, it's not like a but tattoo. But it's not. <laughs> Never mind. I can't say. That. <laughs> yeah, be careful. <laughs> it's like a tattoo. That's that's cool though. It's like you'll never <laughs> you'll never forget Peru. Oh, I was never gonna forget Peru anyway. I didn't need. Well, now that you'll tattoo. never forget Peru, like ever. Like, like yeah. even with even yeah. when you get like dementia one day oh because gosh. you've ran so much and like worn out your body and your mind, like you can look at your scar and be like, Wait, I went on a trip and it'll be great. <laughs> I don't know if Roman's still here anymore. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh I'm here. I'm just doing what <laughs> I always do, which is sitting back and, and listening and then popping in whenever I can. My whole personality is this on air work. I'm an introvert uh, both on the in and outside. So it's <laughs> kinda what I do here. Hey, but you got your click. Your click is sports, man. You can talk sports for hours. That he can. I, 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 I could talk about other things, too, if you really put me to it. <laughs> Do you want to talk about anything else before we close? No, no, no. We got to get out of here. Oh, okay. Okay. I got you. I was willing to talk about whatever, but. You no, you, no, you weren't. You literally just pointed out how we needed to go because it's 12. Yeah, I said more. before we go. No, we don't need to go. We can say this is yeah. the best episode, what, remember? Yeah, what else do you want to talk about? We got to stay here for as long as possible, you know? I, I said I could. That doesn't mean I necessarily want to right now. <laughs> There's the truth. <laughs> I, can, I, I, I can talk about things that I want to talk about. Okay. But what, do you wanna, what do you want to talk about? 
Oh my goodness, this is this is fun. I don't know. I don't really have anything in particular I want to talk about right now. All right. I- I'm chilling, man. He's chilling. He's chilling. All right, man. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Minnesota's podcast. I think I hope it was a joy for you to hear our voices again, but I think it was for all of us just to be able to sit down and talk sports for a little bit over an hour. So thank you for listening to the whole thing. We will continue to give our analysis and updates on how March Madness is going so far. It has been complete chaos. We hope for that to continue as we'll we move back forward. We'll YouTube next week. Yes, that is the plan. Thank you, Noah Valencia, for working so hard. We got some new graphics we're going to pump out. So be looking yeah. for that YouTube and obviously the update on Instagram. If you don't follow us, at men.in.hoodies. Go follow that. But, yeah, that's going to be a wrap. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Apparently, when you do a podcast at 1 a.m. in the morning, the person that does your YouTube wants to go to bed. But who am I? So that's how we're It should take priority, but whatever. It should take priority because we know that the water chose us. Yep, peace out. Not just me this week.